Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Rabbit Ears. I am really, really excited about my guest and show pairing today because I've got Paul from the Countdown TV. Wait, do you guys change your name? Not yet. Because I know well, you changed your depends. format. Okay. When, are you, when are you dropping this episode? <laughs> uh, a week from this Friday. No, nah, we're still the Countdown colon movie and TV reviews. That's that's the guy. And so today we're talking about, if you listen to the countdown and you're over here from that, thank you. Welcome. <laughs> this is Paul's opportunity to gush about Brooklyn Nine-Nine, one of his, I don't know, I don't want to speak for you and say one of your favorite sitcoms, but definitely. it's definitely the most on the soundboard. Yeah. And I'll, I wish I had, this is site B for all those countdowners who have followed us over here or the listeners of the show. Uh, and Wayne, his site A and he has all the big setup. So I don't have buttons to mash, but at this point I would be like, hot damn, vindication. <laughs> and so on and so forth. <laughs> so that actually works. Cause I don't know how I would react with the things like the soundboard. I've never been soundboarded. <laughs> so I don't know if I would like it or not. But I think that I one would. One day, one day when we do one of these, I'm gonna, I'm gonna set it all up, and and then we'll find oh, out. Oh yeah. We'll, we'll, because I know Dan won't do a soundboard. He just won't. He won't go down that road. So I may have to be the person <laughs> who soundboards you. The that sounds weird. The first time. So. <laughs> so wait, you leave the soundboard at Wayne's, and it doesn't get messed well, with. Well, no, I, it the soundboard sits on an iPad program that i have okay. and I, the ipad travels with me but the mixer and everything sits at way i'm going to plug it into the mixer and i don't have the capability here just talking into a mic which plugs into my computer so yeah oh my gosh so much technology yeah well a little bit i was gonna say it's a bold move to leave the soundboard with wayne but now i know no, that, that's that would be case. ridiculous because it would suddenly be erased and deleted and you'd be like i don't know what happened man <laughs> exactly all right, so Paul, it has been, we were just talking pre-roll, that it's been over a year since the last time yeah. you were a guest on Rabbit Ears. Too long. So in that year, I know, way too long. I've actually sneak preview for next month. I've got Wayne, Wait. your counterpart, coming on. So. We're going to talk about sex in the city. Yeah, I did suggest to him that I've got the better side of that divide, but uh, if you're happy <laughs> and he's happy, then that's great. We're also happy. So, since it's been a hot minute, are there any TV shows that you've gotten into or that you want to mention? Oh, so many. I think, spoilers for our end of the year episodes coming up for anyone who has followed me over, I think TV this year has been exponentially better than, than film. Film has been really bleh, apart from a couple of exceptions. But TV, I don't know. We've talked a lot about, not we, but you know, people in general say this is the golden era of TV. You know, there's some great shows, obviously, in the past, which you've done many of. But right now, there are so many choices on what to watch. You cannot possibly keep up if you're a genre sort of TV fan, I don't think. So I'm going to, I've tried to narrow this down, but we, this could take the first hour of the show into like 20 minutes to talk about Brooklyn Nine-Nine. No, no, I won't do that. <laughs> but uh, look, literally finished watching episode nine of House of the Dragon just before we jumped on the mic. I'm enjoying House of the Dragon. It's not Game of Thrones worthy yet, but it is building nicely and has a lot of potential for anyone who likes Game of Thrones. Only Murders in the Building. Watch the whole two seasons of that. Are you an Only Murders in the Building yes. fan? Oh, yeah. I finished season two. I, I waited until all the episodes were out and then I just binged them all. Yeah, fun, light, breezy. And it's about podcasters, so I feel kind of obligated yeah. to have to watch it. But... The, what really shocks me about it is, yeah, you know, Steve Martin's great and Selena Gomez is great, but the standout is Martin Short, and I don't like Martin Short. He annoys the shit I out of me. I don't either. Yeah. 
So this is I can't wow. stand Martin Short normally. But in this show, but he's great. He's really funny. It, it, his shtick really works. So amazing. Ted Lasso. Have you got into Ted Lasso at all? So I only just got my sister's Apple TV Ooh. login. So now Dan and I can watch it, but I'm waiting on him, which is going to be a good couple show as long take. as you can tolerate sports, unlike my wife. So I watched it by myself. It's brilliant. Utterly brilliant. It's the underdog story. It's charming. It's witty. It's heartwarming. And most importantly, it's funny. And it's funny based on the characters, which we're going to talk a lot about today as well in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Absolutely yes. highest recommendation possible. And they've only got a three-season arc. They've been very clear from the get-go. It's a three-season story. So there's only one season to come and it's overdue. I'm not sure if they even advertise when it's coming back. Barry? Yes. Have you watched Barry? No, I'm not normally a Bill Hader fan. Is he? Is that that's the Bill that Hader Bill one, Hader right? Show. On HBO? Yeah, and I would agree. I'm not normally a fan of his either, but uh, he's good in this, and the show's good, and it's going from strength to strength. End of season two is a hell of a cliffhanger. I'm up to that, so about to watch season three. Looking forward to that one. Jeez, uh, Gangs of London. I want to throw a big shout out to because that's coming on in three days as of time of recording. Season two comes back. It is this hyper violent London set crime show which has got moments of incredible action and it comes from the co-creator one of the co-creators on it is gareth evans the guy who directed the raid and the raid 2 raid redemption i think in, in the states it's called if you've not seen any of those films and you're an action film fan you must see them and then watch gangs london because it's it's incredible and the second season looks like it goes to the next level in terms of violence and fights and gunplay and all the rest of the shit so yeah Okay. Uh, That's awesome. And I'll just give one more from. So pro- now you won't like this show, Ashley, because it's very lost, okay. very losty and in vibe. It basically follows random people who suddenly drive into this town and can't get out of the town. If they, they drive out the other side of the road, they just loop around and come back in the front road. And so everyone's hunkering down there. And at night, these humanoid looking creatures that then tear people to pieces come out and try to lure people outside to kill them. That's about what's the name of that show? Called from it stars weird, weirdly enough, um, Michael from Lost, Harold Perrineau. <laughs> well, it's a four-letter show that stars Michael from Lost yep. and has Lost vibes, so I might be skipping. Yeah, that I don't one think down. you should, given your the That's infamous fine. episode, which still to this day haunts. <laughs> I, I, every time I come on, and I know we had a little bit of a uh, fly of the Concords, not really, but today I'd be gutted if you hated this one well it's spoiler i don't hate it yay i do have some critiques and criticisms but that's sure, everything sure. obviously yep. nothing's perfect no. all right so the couple of shows that i've been watching i've been watching a shit ton of things since i had last month off but i narrowed the list down um i just finished midnight <laughs> no i've got about i got four things so it's not okay. crazy um i finished midnight club yesterday the reason I don't know what your thoughts are. I won't make you say them because I'm sure you're going to review it on the countdown. Oh, no, I don't know if we will. I've only watched the first episode and okay. it was a little slow. That That's Mike Flanagan. So I just don't know if I've got time because golden age of TV. Yeah. Well, so I read basically every Christopher Pike book that he put out, nice. which is several. And it's like my first YA Arthur that I read, like some chick pointed out. And I've been obsessed and I actually reread all of the books during the pandemic because I was bored. Wow. So seeing so many of the stories that I've read brought to life because the way that they do it is like the club shares stories. And instead of the stories that were sh- like shared in the book – He's sharing other works or other books that he's done, like in condensed Yeah, that's versions. cool. I saw your post on that. 
And that did intrigue me. Well, so I can't objectively judge the show because of my fangirling with all of the stuff. So I think it's good, but I have no idea if it's actually good or not. Okay. No, I mean, it seems to be getting good reviews, so you're in good company. Oh, that's good. Um, I've been rewatching Gilmore Girls. I just finished season three. That is the most fall show ever because it takes place. It starts each season in the fall. They've got all these little festivals. It's just very fall cozy, and I love Comforting. Them. Yes, exactly. Um, I watched a Netflix series called The Devil in Ohio. It stars Emily Deschanel, a.k.a. Bones. And it was pretty good, pretty creepy. It was? And then okay. it didn't finish so good. Like, the, the last episode was a little mad, but it was genuinely unsettling for most of it. Okay, because we watched the first, like, 10 minutes or 15 minutes, went two lifetime, turned it off. So, obviously, it got better. <laughs> I think it did. It's got It's got some real fucked up shit in it so i'm a fan of that especially because it's like spooky season Mm -hmm. i like all that stuff um and then dan's been talking about it on netflix and swill but uh extraordinary attorney woo is a korean (laughs) law procedural that is shockingly very good yeah he loves it clearly so yes well i thought it was only going to be like an eight to ten episode thing for the first season because that's what most things are now and this is the rare occasion when i saw that it was more than that that i was actually excited about it yeah that's a big thing and and Huge. korean shows tend to be quite long as well the episodes they don't do this 40 minute thing it's all hour hour five hour ten so yeah it's really really fun i love it there's great characters there's good stories interesting freaking because each episode is a different case that she's taking on so like you see her work her way through to figure out Everything. And she's on the spectrum and she's neurodivergent. She is. is that the yeah. Yeah, okay. she's autistic. I feel like the first episode, or maybe even the first two, they were really playing up the autism and like giving her a lot of ticks and a lot of things, and it was a little bit offsetting or unsettling for me because the actress is not actually artistic. And so I was like, I feel like you're, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to feel about it. But then it's kind of found its footing after that and it doesn't feel so icky. Okay. If that makes sense. It does. It does. Yep. Okay. Yay. All right. So before we get into Brooklyn Nine-Nine, you were talking about how this is a golden age of television. So was 2013 when this show aired. There was Ooh. a lot of really good TV shows um, then. So I picked just a couple. House of Cards started then with He Who mm-hmm. Shall Not Be Named. <laughs> <laughs> the Following, which is a good little creepy culty show yeah, that Kevin I Bacon. watched. Like the, yeah, it was a good one. Yep. The Goldbergs, which I I love. Have you ever watched watched The Goldbergs? No, no. It's very funny. It's one of those shows that takes place like in the late 80s or I guess it's late 80s. And it's kind of got a Wonder Years-ish vibe, but more comedy rather than drama. Drama, exactly. And then everybody's favorite, Rick and Morty premiered in 2013. Okay. This motherfucker, (laughs) like I'm not recording. What's your problem? It can be in the recording. You're a dick. You're a dick. You're a dick. Can you be quiet? No. I'm Doesn't leaving he work that in. Today? So every- <laughs> yeah, he works from home most days, so he does. Uh, okay. He's still here. Uh, <laughs> pity for me. Um, <laughs> the movies I kept it kind of Halloween October themed. So 2013 we had The Conjuring, The Purge, nice. Carrie. Evil Dead and Your Next all came out. Ooh, three out of those good films. Yeah, I'm not yep. big on the remakes, but The Conjuring. Oh, the Evil Dead remake was pretty out. good. Conjuring was is it? great. 
Yeah. And uh, Your Next is one of my favourite kind of slasher slash final girl films in a long time. See, there we go. I got all of the Paul. Yeah. Um. All right. So music, Radioactive by Imagine Dragons was big that year. We also had uh, the fucking Gangnam Style song by Psy. <laughs> Which I feel yep. like Carbon Dates, it's just such a such a song that is from a certain time that it really does kind of go, damn, I remember that shit. Yep, 100% agree. Thrift Shop by Macklemore and I yep. Love It by Iconopop were also terrible songs that were all over. Actually, I like the Iconopop song, though. I don't know if I know that one, but I think Thrift Shop might have won our big countdown over in australia hottest 100 i'm not sure on that one but yeah okay well shit there was a lot of i think 2013 might have been the last year that i listened to any new music yeah happens to us all yeah i don't i it kind of eh, i stopped after that most of my listening now is either i randomize old stuff on apple music or i've seen a movie and a song came up like oh that's a good song and i just download it and then listen to it from there yeah same I I don't have any room in my head for any new music, and it's usually not good anyways. So, Mm. fuck it. Damn, it's getting old thing. (laughs) So, other news that happened that year, that was the year that Lance Armstrong admitted to doping in all of his Mm. Tour de France wins. Um, And then we also had Edward Snowden's... um, NSA secret tapes leaks where they basically were like he like tattled on the NSA that was illegally um, listening in and monitoring people that had no reason to be monitoring. Seen that movie? I think Joseph Joseph Gordon-Levitt in an Oliver Stone joint. Yep. Yeah. I haven't seen the movie, but I remember this shit coming out. It was crazy. What a fucked up country I live in. (laughs) Yeah. All right, so moving oh, on, on to happy happier note. things. Yeah. All right, so Brooklyn Nine-Nine is an American police procedural comedy television series that first aired on Fox and later on NBC. It aired from 2013 to 2021 for a total of eight seasons and 153 episodes. It's rated Damn. an 8.4 out of 10 on IMDb. Ooh. It was, cre- I know, right? That was a good rating. It's created by Dan Gore and Michael Schur. And it follows the exploits of Detective Jake Peralta and his diverse, lovable colleagues as they police the NYPD's 99th precinct. Starring Andy Samberg, Andre Brower, Stephanie Beatrice, Terry Crews, Melissa Romero, Joe Latruglio, Chelsea Peretti, Dirk Blocker, and Joel McKinnon Miller. All right. Now that we've got all the foreplay out of the way, we can finally <laughs> talk about 99. Paul, what do you love about this show? I think the characters in this show are almost to a person awesome. And they just grow on you through that first season. Like it starts out pretty fine, like the first two or three episodes, but then very quickly you you start to get a grasp on these characters and the way they interplay and bounce off each other. So yeah, you know, Jake Peralta is a good cop who's just immature and can't get out of his own way. And then his best mate who worships the ground he walks on, Charles Boyle. And then arguably one of the greatest characters ever put in any sitcom, Captain Raymond Holt enters proceedings in episode one and just dominates from that moment going forth. I don't know if I've ever laughed at a character in a TV show as much as I've laughed with, not at, with Captain Holt. He's just amazing that emotionless kind of deadpan response to everything, but underneath is this huge heart of gold. And then when he does start to express emotion, it's all the better for it. 
Terry Jeffords, he's a great lieutenant who just doesn't back himself in. Rosa Diva, who's hard as nails and doesn't take anyone's shit. Amy Santiago, the OCD perfectionist who has to be right all the time. And then eventually her relationship with Jake and how that all develops. And then even the Scully and Hitchcock, who initially were just annoying, like one-note jokes. But somehow, and I don't really understand how, by about halfway through the run of this show, I love them as well. They really came into their own and entertained me as well. So I just think the characters are, are amazing. I can back that. One of the things that was freaky to me when I started Brooklyn Nine-Nine for this rewatch, I had just finished watching The Wire. So it was uh. just kind of this crazy compare and contrast between <laughs> different police series. And maybe it was because I just watched The Wire, but I was watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine and it's kind of like a little bit of a Lieutenant Daniels and McNulty vibe between Holt and Peralta, where Peralta thinks he's the best, he's the smartest, he's going to do things the way that he wants to do them. Yep. And then he's got like this sage captain that's going to help him become better, which Jake actually does in McNulty. We're, we're not going to talk. Well, you can listen to my episode <laughs> on The Wire if you want to hear my thoughts on fucking McNulty. Ooh, okay. Um, okay, so then you were saying the chemistry between the cast yes. is so good. Each episode, they do like different pairings of characters together, and mm-hmm. there's really not a bad pairing. Like everybody interplays and has great comedy and great stuff to work with between each and every one of them. So there's it would never be a situation where it's like, oh, we ought to have a X, Y, and Z episode where these guys are together and they're all lame. I don't want to watch that B storyline, but they're yep. all good. I agree. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a really good point that uh, you never. Usually, and there's always exceptions, there's always the occasional episode, but usually the A and B storylines are just as entertaining as one another and you're, you're, you're down for them both, especially when one of them fo- focuses on, on Captain Holt. Yeah, I love my favorite pairings are Holt and Peralta and also Holt and Gina in those earlier seasons because she's so great. We'll talk about Gina in a bit. We will talk about Gina. <laughs> you may have noticed I left her out of my pros about the characters in this show but anyway well that's okay that's okay the other thing that you kind of touched on is you don't usually in a sitcom get this level of emotional connection with your characters and there's several times throughout the series that i got a little misty and that's not usually something that a sitcom is able to accomplish and it's awesome yeah, I agree. I think not just the the Jake and Amy sort of storyline and will they, won't they, because that's a obviously that's a sitcom staple. Yeah. And to my mind, I actually thought when I was reflecting on the show because I watched this. Well, I was about to say very quickly, but you did it in like six or eight weeks or whatever since we talked about doing this episode. I watched it over no more than six or eight months. All seven seasons, I had to wait for the eighth season to come out because there's a big delay, and I guess we can touch on that a little bit later. Yeah. But um. So it kind of all blurs together for me. I thought they were together by the end of the first season. It was actually not till the end of the second season that they, they... And then they made the good decision, I think, a little bit like Scrubs, where they just left uh, Turk and Carla together. They didn't break them up, you know, friends yeah. style for weird reasons. And then will they get back together or not? No, they just said, we're committing to this. Let's have some of the other characters like Rosa go through the ring of... The trials the and tribulations. In terms of her relationships, yeah. yes. And well, Charles, did it to lesser Holt extent, too, yeah. And Holt, yeah, of course, when his marriage breaks up as well. So, yeah, I, I think that was a really good decision. But not just that as well. It, yeah, it's it's Holt sort of as a gay man trying to rise through the 
and he's obviously he's captain at this point in time, but his backstory and why he's so the way he is and, and so reserved and can't show anything because he's being discriminated against, as I imagine he would be as a cop in the 70s and 80s, anywhere in the world, let alone New York City. So, yeah, yeah that kind of stuff, I think, really resonates and really is powerful. It really does, because in the first episode, that's where you get Holt kind of explaining what you were just saying. And Jake's like, oh, I wish I would have known that. <laughs> So well, there's, and a then great, he's like, there's a great yeah. little gag. I, uh, even even that, like someone, I don't even remember what point the first episode it is. Someone says, "Did you get a gay vibe off him?" And <laughs> you, you don't at all. And was like, most people are like no. And then he's, oh yeah, I'm gay. Yeah. And everyone's like, yeah. And then that's it. Everyone's cool with it. That's not a problem. But it's just he's so not the type of character we're used to seeing on TV from someone who's gay. You know? He doesn't have any of the affectations or the over the topness. He's very very straight down the line and emotionless. So he's a robot. I really like that. Yeah. Meet meet more. <laughs> All right. So who are some of your favorite characters in the nine nine? Uh, I think I've already emphasized Captain Raymond Holt. Andre yes. Brower is just incredible. He won Emmys for I think it's uh another police procedural show. I can't remember what the name of it was back in the nineties, like Life on the Street or something like that. I don't know. But I think it's criminal he wasn't nominated for this show. What he can do as Holt and just elicit so much emotion from when he is being emotional and upset about the end of his marriage or the potential breakup of his marriage to the warmth he's displaying to these young detectives that he's mentoring and bringing up in the world to just playing it straight comedy. That <laughs> Some of his lines, I and yes, they're on the soundboard, vindication, <laughs> hot damn, you know me. When I see a pair of thick, wetty breasts, I just, I can't remember what the next part is. Just can't hold myself back. There was one that he was talking about. He's like, her breasts look so good, smushed together and also dangling. I was yes. like, fucking dangling. <laughs> Holt pretending to be straight and overselling it is comedy gold. It's one of my favorite running jokes because they kind of do it a few times. And every time, I don't know why he continues to talk about weighty breasts, but it is amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Awesome, awesome stuff. One of my favorite things that I do have on my list as well. I love that he is a robot. They show him as being like emotionless. You can't read him. But also he is one of the most dramatic motherfuckers in the precinct. Like, oh, yeah. He, he takes... The littlest thing, and we'll obsess about it. Or like, there was one episode where Scully and Hitchcock ask him if he was okay, and he goes on this diatribe about like <laughs> all the shit that's falling apart around him, and he's like, "So no, I am not okay." He's so dramatic. I love him. He's he's awesome. I think he's just fantastic. I really like Jake Peralta as well. Andy Samberg, I think he's. I don't know if he's acting very much in this because I get the feeling this is kind of what Andy Sandberg really is like in real life and I might be way off on that maybe this is the role of a lifetime for him but he's just that boyish charm he's good natured yes he doesn't take things seriously perhaps when he should and he gets in his own way but he's always willing to learn and apologize both in his relationship and with his friends and, and the like through the show and I just think yeah and he's funny there's legitimately laugh out loud funny moments from him too so this is the most I've ever liked Andy Sandberg in any role those two are the standout main characters in the show for me. What about you? Okay, so I also have Jake on my list. I love his 
the way that he turns everything into like a movie or whatever and he just like is so influenced yes die there was like another one where there was a bomb on the bus he was like oh it's a speed situation so the way that he equates all of the stuff in his job to like different action movies is amazing i reckon that's a normal character trait and everyone should do that right (laughs) Um, I love Gina pre-bus accident Gina. I think that she is so funny and the way that she can like she goes in her own way to do to find the solution like when they're interviewing for the IT position and she's like flossing in front of this person and like just basically doing all the stuff that Terry thinks is annoying and unprofessional but she's actually finding the best IT person for the Got a reason for it. Yep. Yeah. I love her and Holt together. Like I said, the the way they play off of each other is fantastic. There was like the whole Quasi Cupcakes episode where he's addicted to Quasi Cupcakes and he's trying to hide it. I love that shit. I love Rosa. I think that she is, when she's like being super secretive or you don't know all the stuff about her life, but then you find out things that you would have never expected, like that she loves Nancy Myers movies. <laughs> I feel like there's just so much that she does. And then she'll have like these bonding moments where it's like with her and Amy and Gina and you see her like having other facets of her personality that you wouldn't expect based on what she shows everybody. No arguments. I think she's great. I, I think again, just about all the characters are great and have their have their moments and yeah, she's she's someone you absolutely would have at your back if there was any trouble whatsoever. She's awesome. Exactly. The other ones that I love, we don't need to go all the way into, but Boyle, I freaking he grew on me. At the beginning, yeah, he was a, bit a little annoying. bit of a simp, but then he kind of he's so funny. And I love a lot of his running jokes and stuff that he does too. So I love what's Boyle. His, what's his son's name again? <laughs> Nicolas. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, I also love Doug Judy and Caleb the Cannibal. Oh yeah, if we're getting into sort of the the side characters or the recurring characters, Craig Robinson is awesome, and I think maybe that's worth emphasising. This show maybe better than any show since Community, and maybe even better than Community does that recurring episode once a season so well. So we get the Pontiac Bandit episode every season and the, how his relationship with Jake develops over the course of that ultimately ending where Jake actually does help him escape when he finally does capture him because they are such bros, best mates. We're best friends. We are. Well, not best friends. I'm sure Charles will be upset about that, but we're really right or die, man. Right or die. Yeah. And then every time Doug Judy every just leaves time. Jake for and Jake for dead. <laughs> Doug and Jake Judy. wants to believe <laughs> Jake wants to believe him every time because he is, he's so charismatic and he and Jake have this rapport like in the last Pontiac Bandit episode where Jake gets like some distance acquaintance or whatever of Drake that makes like this beat for them to rap to and they're rapping in the car. (laughs) (laughs) They're just very similar and they have a lot of the same loves and things that they are easily fooled into doing. I don't know if that Two makes sides sense. of the same coin, just on opposite sides of the lore. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, All right, so I who do you that. great? Who do you not like? I'm sorry, because the one thing we really okay. do to disagree on. It's I don't I don't like uh Gina at all. Gina is like to me the Phoebe of this show from Friends. She's cookie and off the wall and weird. I just that vein of humor doesn't do it for me. So she sucks the life out of most of the sh- of the scenes she's in for me. I'm like, oh, can we just get rid of her, please? And then she fell pregnant I, when she got hit by the bus uh, in real life, I mean. And um, I'm like, oh, 
no more Gina. Great. Then she came back and I'm like, oh, no. But then she left the show suddenly. And to this day, apparently, people still don't know why she left the show. Did a little bit of research. She said, oh, we just came, we came to a mutual agreement. It was time for, to get her character off. Okay, that's a really weird way of putting it. And I did a bit of scouring on the internet yesterday. Still, I couldn't find any official record of she left because she wanted to or da 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 I think she's married to Jordan Peele. And Is she? I think so. Yeah, in real life. And um, maybe his career took off. And so she's like, oh, I don't need to work no more. I don't know. Don't know any of that stuff. So uh, Maybe it's because of how they were writing her character after the fucking bus accident. Because you drink cement has got to be the worst fucking joke. <laughs> and it was just on repeat. So she she got real bad after that bus accident. So maybe that was why. I don't know. That's just pure speculation, obviously. And yes, married to Jordan Peele since 2016. So, yeah. Well, okay. Anybody else you don't like? Uh, uh, no, right. Everyone else I can tolerate through to really love. So, she's the only one that really, you know, there's obviously villains in there, but you love to hate them. You're meant to. Like the, the vulture, is, Dean Winters, is awesome. Oh. Uh, Madeline Wunsch is yes. incredible as well. Cairo Sedgwick. They're, they're great characters. And you mentioned Caleb the Cannibal. He's awesome. And how he pops up every once in a while. He's, <laughs> hey, he's a normal guy. You're really great. Yeah, but now I'm going to eat this. Whoa, man. No, you can't do the cannibal thing. <laughs> like in the last episode that he was in, he was like, oh, no, I'm not a cannibal anymore. I don't eat people. And Jake reached too close and he goes to bite him. He's like, ah, yep. who am I kidding? I was, I was totally going to eat you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I should know this by now. Um <laughs> Oh, no, one other character. I, I'm glad I remembered. I'm glad I looked at my notes. Remembered. I looked at my notes. Adrian Pimento. Yes, I fucking hate Pimento. Oh, fucking Number hate his one. character. I hate... I'm sorry. I know he's hugely popular. I don't like him either. People. Jason Manzukas. Hate Jason He was the Manzukas. worst thing about The Office. Uh, the Office. The League, sorry. He's the worst thing arguing about this show. And I could never understand why Rosa would have anything to do with him. And the crazier he got, the more ridiculous his storylines got, the more I was like, please get him out of this show. So thank God they eventually sort of wrote him out to be, again, a recurring character. He comes in once a season for the last couple yeah. of years. But um, yeah, he shat me too. Yeah, I fucking can't stand Jason Manzoukas. I He was the worst part of The Good Place for me. I just can't with that motherfucker. Oh, okay. All he does is just yell and be be over the fucking top. Over with the his top. Shit. 100%. Ugh. That's his whole style of comedy. I can imagine him there in a comedy show just. He's not going to laugh. So he just goes to a hundred people. Oh shit! I better laugh. Or fucking kill me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's something we can definitely agree on. Then I love Ooh. that. Okay, so I had Pimento, Gina, post bus accident, and then Terry became one that I couldn't stand. Like I liked him in the earlier seasons, but the way that his character just kind of devolved from having multifacets to being just insecure and fucking over-the-top competitive about how good of a father he is with Boyle. I was like, this fucking guy. Yeah, I, I can kind of see that. I think they're, they're really trying hard to play on, obviously, Terry Crews' physical presence and being, you know, playing against that. And to give him a bit to do in terms of, I think Terry Crews is pretty good in, in this show. Like, he, he shows a range as an actor that I wouldn't have given him credit for. So, you know, hats off on that degree. But I do, yeah, I, I hear where you're coming from. I understand that. Yeah, he wore me out. All right, so this is my section that I have the most notes on. I've limited it to my actual favorite running gags that they have throughout the show, and it's still a pretty lengthy list, but I will let well, you go you first can, in the hopes that you will take some of my stuff. Yeah. Look, 
I think the heist episodes are among some of the greatest TV put together. Like they build on each other beautifully. So I don't know if you want to call it a running gag or maybe I'm jumping into favorite episodes. No, it's fine. But because they come in every season and quite regularly around Halloween. I love that shit. And again, a show, something that community did so well with its paintball episodes, whatever they're doing it here. So much so that they're doing lots of callbacks as well. It's the other good thing about a really good comedy show is the callbacks. They still manage to be funny if you don't instantly recognize it. But when you do get the callback that they're also referencing, it's even funnier still. And the heist episode is just that over and over again. It's like the time we did this and that, that, and, da, 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 da. and I'm like, yeah, I remember that one. That was funny. And I won. I'm like, hang on, did you win? And then someone says, you didn't win. They won. You know, I love all yeah, that, that shit. That's whole, great. They get- it devolves into everybody just being so hyper-competitive and brutal yep. with each other. Yeah, it gets wild. Love it. I love it. Um, but the cold opens, right? Yeah. This show has n- – no show's ever done cold opens better than Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Some of them, I think, are absolutely, genuinely laugh out loud. Belly – for me, sitting home alone, holding my stomach, <laughs> bent over double. So, I've, I've picked a couple out here to, to, to highlight if I can. Yeah. So – um, the one where I think it's called episode season four, it's called Mr. Santiago and Jake decided he wanted to put everyone to do a Captain Holt impression. Do you remember this? And they're eating marshmallows. And yes. so it's just this, this cuts of them all doing, hmm, it's very sugary and squishy. And then everyone's doing this and Charles eats the marshmallow and just goes this real ridiculous, And everyone just laughs at him. Like, what are you doing, Charles? And then Captain Holt walks in. What are you doing? Oh, uh, nothing, Captain. We're just uh, sharing some of these marshmallows. Would you like one? And so he grabs it, takes a bite, and then does the exact same noise that Charles did. Yes. Absolute gold. Jeez, I pissed it's myself so with that funny. one. funny. That was one of my favorite Holt things that he did was just the ridiculousness. And when he does things that you don't expect him to do, and it's just so wonderful. Yep, and like I said, he just puts nails that scene. Then there's another one where they're all trapped inside because um, the floors are being waxed. And so Jake decides to do the try and do the full bullpen where he's going to slide across the entire floor of the office. And as he's doing it, the elevator doors open and Holt comes out and he slides into the elevator with Holt and the doors close. You think, oh, he's in so much shit. They're all, he's got a stupid helmet on his head. They're all being idiots. They're wasting time. And the doors back open, open again, and Holt grabs his arm and says, "The full wall bed." As it, <laughs> he's just celebrating, really brilliant, really, really funny. Uh, I did laugh a lot at that one, but my absolute favourite one is where I get the sound drop from, where Amy's running late for the first time ever, and they're all trying to guess what it is, and they're all giving ridiculous theories about it, and Holt just says, "Simple, she just got stuck in line at the bank," and everyone's like, "That's so ridiculously boring. How crap's that?" And Amy shows up just after that. And it really turns out there really was a problem at the bank. And Captain Holt just does that. The fast zooming on him. Hot damn! <laughs> Perfect. I freaking love that part. My favorite thing about Holt is when he subverts expectations and he does yep. the things that you don't think that he's going to do. And he starts to finally like play along and do stuff with Jake. And I'll get more into it at favorite moments, but... The first one that he does it is the Thanksgiving episode where, like, he and Jake go off to figure out, like, who stole the $10,000 from Evidence Lockup. And Jake, being Jake, when he's always trying to equate things to, like, movie stuff, so he's coming up with these undercover personas for them while they go and check the potential <laughs> suspects. He's like, yes. you're John, you're Gerald Johns and your, your wife's murder is the only case that you haven't been able to solve. All you know is she was killed by a man in a yellow sweater. 
And then the family's all fighting when they're upstairs. He's like, my wife was killed by a man in a yellow sweater. <laughs> yellow sweater. <laughs> <laughs> the only crime yes. I can't solve. <laughs> yeah, I love when you see Jake's reaction because they keep him in the background and you see his eyes getting wider and he's trying not to smile, but he's so excited. Yep. I love when Holt does that shit. Awesome. All right. One what of my a, other right. favorite. I was Please, gonna say cold open away. that you didn't mention that I just watched and I'm obsessed with is the Backstreet Boys cold open. Where yeah, you've okay. got like the lineup of guys and yep. the woman is like he was singing along with the song that was in the bar, I want it that way. And then all of the guys in the lineup sing it and Jake's getting super into it. And then she goes, Number it's five. That, guy. <laughs> that was the man who murdered my brother. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> I fucking love that shit. Yeah, that's a great one too. What other favorite moments have you got? Or oh, running gags? Running gags. Holt v. Wunch is one of my favorite oh, yeah. running gags. Like the shit that they say about each other, especially him to her. And he's so filled with hate. And just, I saved some of them. But like one of the ones that comes to mind all the time is... It's like a flashback and he's sitting in her office and he sneezes and he goes to reach for tissues and she snatches them away and she's like, if you were going to sneeze, you should have brought your own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're back and forth. awesome. And it's, the fact that she sort of wins, gets made commissioner and busts him down to being basically a beat cop for that few episodes where that's happening and even that's pretty funny. But then they kind of make this bizarre decision just to write her out off screen. She's dead and... They do a clever thing with that, though. At least they make sort of Holt not believe it until he's got to go and give the eulogy as at her at her funeral. But even then, he still thinks it's a it's a joke before he finally breaks down, realizing that you know, as much as they didn't like each other, she was a big reason why he got to where he did because it was despite her. <laughs> <laughs> I freaking love that at her grave. First of all, Madeline's funeral is one of my favorite episodes in the later seasons. I'm just going to take a minute to, since we're already talking about it, but the initial decorations that he has at her funeral, Rosa was like, respect, respect for life. And then even Rosa in that episode is getting into it and insulting the shit out of Wunsch and her family. And there is a video or whatever that she left for Holt, Wunsch did, and she's like sitting in front of a fireplace. And they were like, when did she record this? And Rose yeah. was like, based on what the flames in the screen, it could be a live stream. <laughs> Zingers like that. All. I mean, that's what you expect from a sitcom, right? That they're going to yeah. be cleverly written like that. But this, this show is very cleverly written. And there's very few episodes that aren't laugh out, at least chuckle out loud funny. I think that's something that's really worth emphasizing. Or to, I mean, if you're listening to this far into this episode, I'm sure you're a fan who, who could listen to, to us gush about this show if you, if you weren't. So you're on Rats. board. Okay, so other running gags. Holt, people not being able to read his emotions and expressions and stuff like that. But then it switches like in the later seasons where Jake notices that his breath pattern is different and his eyebrow went up like a fucking eighth of an inch. And he's like, oh, I can tell exactly like everything that's going on. So I loved that. Um, Did you I know loved- Holt's husband's name is Kevin Cosner? Yes. <laughs> You I'm sure I made that. a joke about that, but I forgot all about it. Oh, yeah. It was until I was redoing thing. this. Well, then when they were like splitting up, they go to the their lake house or whatever, which is not actually yes. a lake house. And because him and Kevin Cosner are fighting, they have to announce their entries into each room. So then they don't <laughs> bot. So it's like Kevin Cosner leaving the lake house. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> You're right. I should have remembered that. Uh, and he's played really well. I should mention him as a as a as a great character too. Mark Evan Jones. He's just as expressionless. You know, oh, he's yeah. into, they're all into all the same things. They appreciate you know opera and, and classic performances and and um, classical music and all the rest of that. And the way that they they're talking at a different level and everyone else is trying to keep up, myself included. Very funny. Oh, I love that shit. They were talking about like when Holt and him split up and Holt was looking at the dating site or somebody was like trying to send a dick pic or whatever. He's like, that's not sexy. Scatter plots full of robust data. That's sexy. <laughs> yeah. I could laugh a whole all day long and with you. Really though. I love when they do flashbacks to people's past. Like you'll see Holt in the, in the 70s or 80s with like the freaking mustache. Big yes. <laughs> they show like everybody whenever they- Hitchcock and Scully. Yeah. Oh my God. They were. Before they did that episode where they were. Yeah, they did that episode where they were young men and and you know buff and whatever else and the, the star detectives on the force. That was funny too. I love that. I love um, name of your sex tape as that running gag. I oh, of course. Like How did I forget that? Title of your sex tape. <laughs> um, I love when Rosa and Holt are being sociopaths together. Because, like, especially when Rosa is trying to break up with Holt's nephew, and he's like, I went to site www. and gives the entire HTML address. He's like, are you familiar with that site? She's like, no. So basically, the way to break up with somebody amicably is to acknowledge their feelings. And so they do this whole role play, and it is just so fucking robotic. But they're both like, yeah, sounds great. Perfect. (laughs) That's good. Um, uh, I'm still annoyed at myself. I got tired of your sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> I forgive you. I have a whole bunch of other ones, but I want to go ahead. We'll skip ahead because I could literally do that all day long. That's how good the show is. I know. Are there any lines or things that you have incorporated into your life since watching this show? Oh, that totally sex tape thing, which is why I'm annoyed at myself <laughs> for a long time there in my group of friends was just the same. That was just every time someone said something, especially during the pandemic, we we're all on comms just playing games or whatever. And someone would say something like, pause, tell of your sex tape. And then, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, my brother and I will do the cool, 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 at each other. Yeah. And of course, Holt would steal this answer for me because the soundboard, were it here between hot damn, vindication, that moment in vindication, I With watched the to watch that arches. the balloon arch, which he'd been putting together for was it was it the baby in it or was it for the wedding? No, it was remember. for Rosa and Pimento's wedding because they were going to get married like within fourteen hours. And so he's putting all that together. Everyone's like it's a bit over the top and giving him shit for it. And then she walks in and goes, "Oh, that's a great display." And she walks out. And he's vindication. I fucking lost it laughing. Amazing. <laughs> and then yeah, when I, I see a pair of thick wedding bless, all logic flies out the window. Um, <laughs> soundboard staples for me. Okay, so I, like I said, I don't know if I said it before. It was before we were recording. I have a ton of dogs at the house all the time. One of whom mm-hmm. is this Boston Terrier puppy, and she is wild. And so he says she's crazy, crazy cupcakes all the time. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, title of your sex tape. And then the other thing that has stuck with me, Charles is teaching Holt how to cook, and Holt is salting from can to pan. He's like, don't salt can to pan. It's got to go can to hand to pan and so now whenever i'm cooking i've got to go can to hand to pan before i can't pan salt the pan directly from the can nice you got there well done (laughs) i can't believe i actually got it all out title of your sex tape (laughs) i was just trying to think what were some of the comms we had you know oh what's your ass coming up behind you title of your sex tape 
I just think this show, unlike almost, well, most sitcoms, really tried to retain a sense of respect and sort of modern day relevance to what was going on around, especially around policing and, and police issues and the like. So, which is a hard thing to do to try and be respectful, but also still funny. And that's the reason why they delayed the final season for so long after George Floyd's murder and the like. But they tackled that, not just in the last season, but throughout the show, they would tackle police corruption. They weren't afraid to kind of shine a light down there and be critical of elements of the police department, the union. They really give the unions a lot of stick in terms of how they protect police officers who don't deserve to be protected. I think that's really brave because that's hard to find that balance and I think the show did a really good job of that. So, you know, a lot of respect from me out of that. See, I feel a little bit differently about that. I hadn't seen past early season six so most of season six season seven and season eight i had watched it all for the first time oh, okay all right it wasn't all the first time yeah you told me to watch it i vaguely remember i think yeah so then when season eight started and we walk in and everybody's wearing a mask i'm like i am not ready to see covid in this world <laughs> i'm just not i kind of would have liked a little bit if this had been a slightly parallel universe in which everything is very similar but covid doesn't exist like i don't want to okay. have covid on my show there was a lot of times where like there was terry getting profiled in his own neighborhood and like you were talking about the yep. corruption with yep. the cops there's a lot of things that are really hard to digest and that are really dark especially going through the shit that we've gone through the past couple of years so it was hard for me to not be upset about some of the stuff they were talking about because it is so prevalent in the real world. And it was such a downer for me to listen to how broken shit is. So I wasn't really excited about that. They were making excellent points, but it it was too heavy for me. They didn't. Yeah, it was really heavy. Can understand that perspective too. Yeah, right. You don't have to deal with all the guns problems that we do here over in Australia. no. No, thank God we don't. So fucking nightmare all right let's switch topics what are some of your favorite episodes moments or story arcs yeah the highest episodes for sure i think that whole one where jake and holt go undercover can't remember if it was early the season Florida ones yes when they're hiding they're from biggest yep yep i thought that was very cool and and a lot of fun and the way they interacted oh yes we need to have a chat about our shared fence you can go on without me, ladies. <laughs> That's when he's faking being straight with his power yep. walking group. And you get the like, I see a pair of thick, weighty breasts. breasts. <laughs> All logic flies out the window. <laughs> and then it's also in that story arc when Holt is trying to get promoted to assistant manager at the fun zone. And then yep. Jake gets it from him. And then Holt has to do the birthday rap. And he's like, Derek. Said, so I think that was that was a great change up in, in the show to sort of take them out of the precinct for a while and do something a bit different. So, yeah, I really dug that. Um, likewise, when Jake went to prison, you know, having for a yeah. crime he didn't commit. And that's where, of course, he met, was it George? No, Caleb, Caleb the Cannibal. Caleb that's the a, Cannibal. Tim Meadows, very, very funny, as you've already said. I like those things. And yeah, any episode that had Doug Judy in it, as mentioned, and any time the vulture popped back up, including at one point becoming the captain of the 9-9, uh, that was quite the... Uh, the twist as well so again that those callbacks when we're bringing things back in and, and these lovable and, and love to hate characters back in i loved all that shit i love the vulture I, the first vulture episode i feel like is 
when this show really picks up. The first four episodes are good of season one, but then fine. Yep. the Vulture episode starts and this show is basically, for me, every episode was, I was like, oh man, this episode's great. Oh man, this episode's great. All the way through the end of season two. It's such a long run of iconic episodes I love so much. But yeah, the vulture is amazing. I love that Rosa has a crush on him or thinks that he's hot, even though he's the worst. And Gina's like, oh, there's a guy named the vulture. Tell Rosa she'd be into that. (laughs) And then they get drunk and they try to solve the case before the vulture can. And they're just a mess. I love that episode. Yep, it's gold. Um, You mentioned the Halloween episodes. I do love those as well. I love the tactical village episodes I thought were really good. So it's the episodes where they're going in and competing against other precincts for getting through this training simulation. And then the second one, it's with all the federal agencies and they get assigned to be the hostages and they break out and take everybody else down. (laughs) There's not too many episodes where you get the whole group together doing something like you get it in the heist episodes kind of because they pair off, but still they're all working on the same storyline. I love that. I love when I mentioned it on a comment for the countdown. I love when Colton, Rosa, and Jake are getting awarded whatever medal for successfully taking down whoever. Like they tell Raymond to go ahead and like not say anything shitty to Wunsch, and he like does it at first, and then he goes, Wunsch time's over. Had it both ways. No regrets. I love that. <laughs> the fist pumping moment, I think that was. Yes. Yes. There is an episode called Chopper at the end of season two where Jake is getting to do all of his action movie stuff that he wants to do, and Wunsch is just giving them whatever they want. And so they get the chopper, and Raymond is just being, basically his wet blanket is his code name because he's just freaking out about how <laughs> Wunsch is going to use whatever they do to take him down. But then, then Jake tells him, you know, you're spending so much time worried about her that you're not focusing on what we're actually getting to do. And then when Holt, buys into it and he goes from wet blanket to velvet thunder and says get in the <laughs> chopper and says bing pot later those times when he just gets into it i fucking love there's that episode as well where they actually do get to be die hard they die hard oh. this is die hard yeah the die hard episode is one of my favorites because you and i both have a mutual love for die hard do so getting ever? to see that episode is just awesome Yippee kayak, other buckets. <laughs> <laughs> Just that confirmation between Jake and Charles. Die hard? Die hard. I love the episode where Terry's wife, Sharon, is basically giving birth in the precinct. And Gina is so freaked out by pregnancy and childbirth. And I relate like a motherfucker to that. But <laughs> the part that makes me laugh out loud is Jake is coming to Gina. He like needs help for something. And she's been looking through the pregnancy book. And she goes, Jake, I just found out what an episiotomy is. I'm going to need 90 minutes. (laughs) It's so good. I like the episodes where Holt and Jake are doing things together, but my favorite is the Oolong Slayer. This is when Vulture is Jake's captain and Holt is working in PR and Wunsch is his boss. And so they both have to like solve this serial killer mystery together and they like get in a fight at a tea shop. All this stuff that's so fucking fun to see them both really just going there and getting into it. Nice. And then the Suicide Squad episode at the end of the later seasons, when it's CJ and the Vulture and Wunsch are all working together to help take down John Kelly. Fucking love that shit. That's right. They had the uh, incompetent captain at one point, too, who oh, just, you know. Ken he, Marino. He, he, yes, Ken Marino. He's like, yeah, whatever. Do whatever you want. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I actually really like CJ. Yeah, he's great. 
Okay, so what do you not like about the show? What do you not think worst were story arcs? Whatevs. I I mean maybe if I would if it were me I think I'd have dragged out the will they won't they of Jake and Amy a bit longer like it was it's nice that they committed to them staying together once they got together but there's a lot there's a lot of chemistry there in those first two seasons and you you know that they really wanted each other but people were getting in the way and you know she, what's the guy's name the deadbeat Teddy. guy that she dated Teddy Teddy's you know, a snooze best that was a great great uh, recurring character too. He'd pop up every once in a while and you ready to marry me yet? I've, I've, I've changed this about myself. Well, no, you haven't, Teddy. You're still pursuing me. Um, so I could have done, done with a little bit more of that. I think maybe, this is being really picky now, but it would have been having Wunsch be a little bit more involved rather than just being written out the way that she was. Yeah, sure, Holt should have won ultimately in whatever way, but might have been better for him to actually defeat her and knock her down pegs rather than her just die, and he has to sort of accept that. So they're, yeah. they're little things, but and of course, get rid of Adrian Pimento altogether. He should never have been. Maybe he should have been in for one episode, and he could have been referred to because Rose is still into him or whatever. But yeah, every time he came on screen, my heart kind of just sank. So yeah, yeah I hate Pimento. All right, so Gina's bus accident storyline and subsequent storylines, her pranking everybody with the drinking cement, terrible. I wish she would have just gotten killed by the bus accident and be gone. Like. <laughs> Don't me give too. me that bullshit. <laughs> Thank you. We agree. Let's see. You phoned them to drag out the will they won't they with Amy and Jake. I feel like them having a baby was it was superfluous. They didn't really yeah, didn't really yeah. change that much. They brought the baby to things that like when ridiculous. They whole, yeah, it was just fucking stupid. And yeah, I didn't we knew like we knew baby. they were forever. They didn't need to have a baby as well. So that would have all been shuffled off into after season eight finished. If, yeah, if that had been yeah, strung out. I didn't like the competition between Boyle and Terry about fatherhood and being the better dad. There's one episode where Jake has tickets to the Queasy Cupcakes movie, and they're both <laughs> just being just terrible and brutal to each other. It, it wore thin for me. Episodes that I didn't like, the Ed Helms episode. I don't fucking like Ed Helms, where he's Jack Donger, and he's federal agent for the U.S. Postal Service, and he thinks that okay. he's so much better than everybody else. I, I can't stand Ed Helms. And then in one of the later seasons, it's the Boyle cousin murder oh, episode, yeah. where it's like all the fucking Boyles. It's too much. Yeah, too many, too many Boyles. I will agree. I liked the Boyle shit when Gina was in the family because of the way that she ran that shit. I just like the Gina dynamic of the Boyles, but without her, it is just too much. Like, she, they need somebody to be telling them that that's too much. <laughs> and Ashley's the person for that, I, if not Gina. I mean, I did use the Gina eye roll gift for basically like a year straight, so. <laughs> I feel like I have a little bit of Gina in me. Not as much as I feel like I used to. Now I've got a little bit of Amy Santiago in there, and then also some Peralta. I I don't see any Gina in you whatsoever, so take that That's as a compliment. I Okay, well, I do from, yes, okay. You hate her, so the, yes, I will take that. If you saw any <laughs> Gina in me, then I should be offended. <laughs> All right, so, Paul, what would you do differently or change about the show if you could, aside from the couple things you mentioned, if anything? Uh, I guess it all kind of melds together, really, for me. I don't ever remember being bored in this show. I don't ever remember a storyline going up, again, other than, you know, can we just march Pimento off screen or, okay, too much Gina in this episode. Other than those things, the storylines were, were, generally speaking, great. And, you know, they very rarely was it a whole season-long arc that would be, you know, five or six or eight episodes and then you're out. And because I watched it so quickly, it never felt like anything else. So it's welcome as far as me. I know it's a real cop-out answer, but 
There's not <laughs> much about Brooklyn Nine-Nine I would honestly change. I know you've watched it more critically and more closely more recently, so I will hand this one over to you. All right, so I mentioned it already, but the line crossing into commentary on the shit that is wrong with the world, like it was in the Florida episodes and they were talking about how, like all the crazy fucked up shit that happens in Florida, that was something fine. It was light enough. But then when you get into police brutality, fucking getting cops off without like that kind of shit, it was too heavy for me. When season four started, I feel like after they got back from Florida, it just kind of started to lose whatever it was that was in the first three seasons. I feel like the characters started to become a little less dimensional and more cartoonish versions of the characters that they were before. They still had good episodes, but season six, then it got into where it was a lot more of that. I do remember you saying at some point, oh, look, you know, it doesn't stay as good throughout its runtime. And so maybe because I was waiting with bated breath for it to get bad and it never really did for me, especially since you you lost Gina and I lost Gina and that we had two different experiences of that. So I was like, this show still works for me. It's still funny. That's that's what matters most when I'm watching a sitcom is it's got to be funny. And again, I, can, I can't ever recall sitting there an episode going, well, that was shit. Whereas, oh, well, here, hold on. I'll tell you some. <laughs> all right. Handball, back to Ashley. All right. I put thumbs down next to the ones that I didn't like on my big notes. Here's an example of going over the top with a character. Amy is studying for her sergeant's exam and she is like stress braiding her hair so her hair is all big and yeah. then apparently at night creepy singing with the american songbook and beating the microwave like it's office space that was <laughs> it's not even funny to me it's just stupid i'll agree the hair thing was yeah. was dumb female officer named terry that is offended by the things that terry says about himself in the third person terry's got butt for days and his pathological need to be liked where he's basically trying to throw this party for terry female terry and it's got ice cream taco bar barbecue vegan options it's just you have work to do on yourself sir this has nothing to do with that for sure (laughs) um oh when holt crashes amy and jake's honeymoon at the beginning of the sixth season i liked his stupid t-shirts that he was having on like the novelty t-shirts but it was just it was not good it's awkward but that's meant to be funny that's meant, yeah. it's meant to be awkward funny and i get that that's not everyone's cup of tea and often it's not mine but i do remember laughing at that yeah i don't like awkward humor that much fair enough when gina's quitting and she brings in the dancers in the gold lame and breaks up her quitting into like four movements and it's just like the longest worst dance ever i didn't like that one yep but for me that fitted gina's character perfectly <laughs> <laughs> I have several more. I'm not going to make you listen to all of them. But yeah, for me, I wouldn't say that the show was not good, but it was less good. Not as good. Okay. It set a level of expectation for me in the early seasons for so long that when that level wasn't being hit, I was disappointed. Yeah, it's really interesting how different an experience watching something can be when you binge it and you didn't have to wait in between seasons. Oh, yeah. where you're kind of living it a bit more organically, maybe not watching it week to week, but you know, watch three or four episodes you let accumulate and then and then you don't have it for six months or the best part of six months. So that that those seasons sort of live a bit separately from each other and you can build anticipation between. Whereas when I watched it it was just it was all there. Seven seasons were ready to rock and roll. I'll give this a shot one day. I I think again, having listened to you talk about it and a few other people sort of talking it up. 
And I'm like, yeah, this is funny enough. And then before I knew it, I was watching three, four episodes a day and burning through this show. And I might take a little break for a little while, but not more than three or four days or certainly not more than a week. So it was, for me, it all sort of gels together. I didn't have time. Yeah, certainly there were moments that weren't episodes that wouldn't be as funny. I couldn't tell you them off the top of my head. But but the one, the moments that stood out, that's really what sells the show for me. That I, I mean, I can think of some community moments that stand out, it's certainly Scrubs. But even going all the way back to classic shows like Cheers, you know, there's a few of those that stand out too. So there's probably my four favorite sitcoms we just I've just mentioned right there. So yeah, That's because awesome. those moments stand out so much for me in my mind. And yeah, I totally get that. Do you and Wayne still fight about which is funnier, Brooklyn Nine Nine or Thirty Rock? Or is that? Oh, that Wayne, was yeah, Wayne Brooklyn. loves Thirty Rock. I've I tried it, got seven or eight episodes in, when I'm done. 30 Rock starts out slower and then at season four it picks up and it ends so well. Like the last three seasons, four seasons are awesome. And then for me, this show starts out awesome and then starts to kind of peter. So yeah, okay. Yeah. They're both very, very good shows. Very smartly written. Incredibly funny. But I feel like this one ends. It ends. But how do you feel about how this this series ended? Yeah, I liked it. I didn't mind it at all. Like it was... I'm glad they came back and gave him a send off and, you know, sort of not quite a happily ever after, but generally speaking, people were in a good place at the end of the show. And it was nice to send the characters out on a, on a positive high. It'd be a pretty brave sitcom that ended on a real downer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not like a drama show. It's not Six Feet Under or or The Wire or, or Sopranos. This is You're meant to be happy when you watch, for the most part, watch a, a sitcom short sure, with moments of pathos and, and loss and difficulty. And I think... Again, it was a bit too much for you, but this show and I think Scrubs do that better than any show. Like Scrubs had some real heartrending moments through the course of its run, but it ended on an absolute high. And yeah, this one ended nicely too. But I get a sense you had a different feeling. No, I feel like when I was watching season six, I I didn't I didn't have that much hope for the later seasons. And then there were some good episodes in season seven. And then season eight was fine. Like it wasn't bad. It wasn't as no. It wasn't like wasn't up the same quality. I would agree. No, and there was a lot of difficult conversations happening. We did get to see John C. McGinley, which I know you love. Yeah, I love Johnny C. And he was yeah, the, he was the uh, union guy, right? Yeah, the yep. union rep. I like that they went out on a two part heist episode. And yep, brilliant. The trip down memory lane, it kept kind of going back and forth between sweet and a little bit saccharine. Some of it, you could tell it was just because it was the last episode, not necessarily because it would be good or funny. Like Malipnos. I like, I do like Malipnos, uh, Fred Armisen. He's in like four episodes and he never remembers them and is so awkward. Yeah, yeah. It was easier to say goodbye because I didn't have that same need for more episodes by that point. I felt like they resolved everybody nicely. We kind of got to where we needed to be and went out on a heist. And then like the last little bit when Terry's the captain and they all come in and they're going to do the heist together. And they all come back from their separate ways that they've gone so they can do this together. I thought that was sweet. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you're right, though. It's not like I've – this is not a show I was – I was a little bit sad because you know, in that year-long window or you know, I guess I waited about a year for this one to come out. But the seven seasons I watched very close together and then this sort of – coda button on it all i guess that worked for me so i wasn't like oh come on i want another season of brooklyn 99 every year until i die no it's fine this is it's it's good and because you've done it and i suspect this might be a show one day i do go back and rewatch, especially if my wife decides she's interested to to watch it too someone else that to watching something for a second time for me 
unless it's a movie, it's only 90 or 120 minutes. I can do that. But if it's a TV show, I generally need someone else with me who hasn't seen it so I can enjoy their reactions as I go. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I had watched, I think, the first couple of seasons by myself, but then Dan was down here for a visit and we Mm -hmm. started it over again and we must have watched like a season and a half in the two days that he was down here and we were just into it. So yeah, I get that wanting to watch other people's reactions. Dan liked to watch my reaction when, uh, what was the the guy in Firefly who got the the (gasps) leap on the wind? He knew that yeah. was coming and he said, so yes, thank you. He liked to watch my face when it happened because he knew it was coming. Evil motherfucker. Yeah, I must admit, because I knew, in, oh, you don't know, watch Game of Thrones. I know Dan doesn't. You never watched it either, did you? I watched Game of Thrones. Oh, you did? Yeah, okay. I'm not the red- Dan. I've watched, he won't watch Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones, all the shit. I've watched them multiple times and will watch them over and over again. So my apologies. You've probably done a whole <laughs> episode on it and I've completely forgotten even though I would have listened to it. Um, the Red Wedding so having read the books, I knew what was coming. Yeah. And I, there was absolute delight in kind of watching and listening to my then girlfriend's reaction, just being so horrified and disbelieving. <laughs> yeah. I read the books too, but I think I read the books after maybe after the third season. So like I, did, I didn't know the Red Wedding was happening when it happened and I was gobsmacked. When I read that, I literally remember where I was, what I was doing. I went back and reread that whole chapter because I, like 40 pages because I was so, no, no, that can't be right. I've missed something here. <laughs> There's got to be some way that Rob Stark survived that. So, yeah. That shit was brutal. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything else, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, that you want to talk about before we marry, bang, and kill these fuckers? No, I think I'm ready to marry, bang, kill, if I'm honest. Okay. I think uh, we've done a good job here today. I think so, too. Pat on the back. Ooh. All right. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I want you to go first. Okay. I don't know if my, I don't know if my answers will be shocking or just, yeah, what it, we totally saw all these coming, Paul. So this is probably my hardest Mary Bang kill that I've Ooh. done. Usually things come to mind right away or as I'm watching, I'm like, yes, that's that person. This one, I had to scroll through IMDb a couple times to figure out who goes where. <laughs> All right. Honestly, I don't really want to marry any of these people. They've got they've got issues. I'm gonna I'm gonna marry Rosa because I ate when she was getting high on the edibles and vibing with Scully eating chips. I can relate to that. We can just do that together. But she Good also. Enough. I don't know. She likes Nancy Myers, but she also like put up this exterior. Like she's just slightly removed and disengaged, but underneath she's got all of these other aspects that I like. Okay. I can. Yep. Fair enough. I can see that. All right. I'm going to bang either Doug Judy or the Vulture. Maybe Doug <laughs> Judy. I think, I think I'm going to bang Doug Judy because he's got the songs to smush to. Like I believe he would be able to do the damn thing. Yeah. He's, he's a lover. And then I'm going to kill either John Kelly, who was the police commissioner that was basically going back to stop and first doing all of these horrific things to people, or Frank O'Sullivan, who's getting all the cops off for anything they do. John, Mc- John McKinley, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So those Johnny are my C. peeps. Johnny C. Nice. Nice choices. All right. I'm going to start with kill. Okay. So I was honestly going to say Gina Linetti, but out of respect for you, I'm going to kill Adrian Pimento instead. Fair. Totally yeah, so bad. wipe him off the face of the earth and then that will make way for me to be able to bang, even though, of course, she ends up with another woman, but uh, to bang Rosa because right. I think, uh, you know, got a thing for angry, bad girls. <laughs> I think uh, that'd be fun for a, for a role in the hay. 
And I'm going to marry Captain Holt because, come on, an intellectual, hilarious, neat and considerate guy who can cook? Who wouldn't want to live with that? I mean, that's valid. Very good. Excellent. Thank you. All right, Paul. We did it. We talked about Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Nine-Nine? (laughs) We're in perfect sync now. We're basically like in the same precinct, whatever that means. Yeah, that works. All right, Paul, do you want to tell the people any new and exciting things coming down the way for the countdown? Yes, the show is about to change forever more. We're going away from just doing movies and television. We're going to count down anything, anything. It could be pop culture. It could be music. It could be song. It could be that. It could be one of the topics we jump uh, banded around is the top 10 worst dates we've ever been on. Oh, wow. And having, you know, so life stuff. I love that. So we get people to write in their worst date they've ever had and uh, we can read all that shit out of the show and then people can laugh at our idiocy in terms of the dumb things we've done when it comes to dating. I can't wait to hear those. (laughs) Yeah, so those kind of things. We want it to be a lot more, I don't know, I guess after 400 episodes, which is when the the, the change will happen, 400 countdowns, we were getting to the point where we're either repeating topics and just seeing what's changed from six or seven years ago or we're getting really obscure and... When you go too obscure, people will start to lose interest, I think. So, yeah, it was it was time for a change. This might be the death knell of the show. It might only run for 20 or 30 episodes and realize people don't give a shit about all the stuff that we think is going to be funny. If that's the case, so be it. We'll have gone out on a high. But if not, we find a, a sort of a new niche and, and it can go on for years to come, then, then fantastic. That'll be great too. I mean, I feel like you and Wayne are so great together. Like, you obviously have a relationship that spans several years and all that history together i just think people will tune in to hear you two rap about whatever the fuck you want to talk about and you'll be fine well that's very kind i hope i hope that's the case but uh i know other shows which i've really respected have got a bit long on the tooth and changed their format and whatever and sometimes it works but most of the time it seems like they go ah oh, we probably should just continue what we're doing or let it or let it die but we're not we don't want to let it die we want it to continue for as long as we can what if you guys kind of did what I do and you had one episode where you and Wayne just talk about like scrubs or cheers or whatever? Was that something that you would consider? Well, that's possible, but I feel like we're already stepping on Gerald's toes enough, so I don't know if we'll step <laughs> on your toes as well. Gerald on your toes first. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Sorry, I, Gerald. I think Nick, Nick, Nick summarized it perfectly. So let me get this straight. The countdown is evolving to be like two peas on a podcast after two peas on a podcast evolved to be like the countdown. So Yeah. <laughs> Pretty funny. <laughs> the snake eating its tail. That's how it yep. is. All right. So I previously mentioned next month, I've got Paul's other half, Wayne, coming on. Ooh. And we're going to talk about Sex in the City, which I'm really excited about. He's excited too. I literally can't wait. That show I, I watched so many times. I had this shit so memorized. And I haven't revisited it in a while. So I'm kind of curious to see how it holds up. Ooh, it be very interesting, especially given some of the, well, the the, the pushback, because I've not watched it, so other than the occasional episode here and there where someone I was with was watching it, but the new season, I, from what I understand, was not well received. I watched the first episode and it was so cringe, I did not go back. Wow. And that's yeah. from an avid lover of the show, so okay. So you're not covering, what's that one called? That's And Just Like That. Just like that. So you're not covering just like that, no. just the original Sex just in the City. Just the original run. Sex in the City, six seasons, and two movies, but we're not talking about and the two movies. movies. <laughs> Those movies are garbage. All right. Well, that's it for us, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. And I will, I'm not going to see you anytime, but you'll listen to me next month. Next time. You better. Next time. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on, Ash. See ya. Here's, bye. 
Desire. 